Welcome to another episode of the Seminar This is L. KB. Hashtag feminism. African queen. African queen. Three black women. Where's the lie? Hello, world. We are back for another, I guess, what, quarantine break episode? Sombering episode. Yeah. We're back from hiatus for a little bit. We're not back. We're not back. Well, we've taken a break from the break. Another break from the break (laughs) to be together. This is weird, like, seeing y'all. Because, KB, I feel like I haven't seen you in a long time. I'm in the FLA. Girl, boys don't play. Damn. <laughs> yeah. And then Suge about to leave me. Yep. I gotta go home. I gotta go love on my mama. Does she know you're coming? Nope. Oh, that's gonna be well, nice. I hope she don't listen. Does she listen to the podcast? Girl, oh, no. Oh, she oh, ain't know we had here. no podcast. Right. <laughs> Don't tell her that. The way I be cussing on this podcast. That hard. <laughs> I mean, my mama know we got one, but I don't I don't offer up episodes. No, what? ma'am. Can <laughs> I talk about my edible? No. Oh, right. Mm-mm. Oh, Lord. Uh, we need the parents to be all, all oh, these, your friends are so nice when you come you. by. Like That's how your mom used to do me. Oh, she's so sweet. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> but no, my daddy got us figured out a little bit. Remember that time? I know. Dang. I shouldn't have answered the phone when we were when we were brunching that day. I should have just let it go to voicemail. We messed up. We did. Okay. But he doesn't know what a podcast is, even though we did purchase an ad in his souvenir booklet. He was like, "Well, what's a podcast?" I was mm-hmm. like. It's like a radio show, Daddy, but it's on the internet. It's talking, yeah. So it's like it's on, it's on the, the internet. Mm-hmm. I still don't think he got it, but it's okay. Just it's take okay. take the money and smile. Exactly. Right. Thank you. I don't need him to get. It. I just need to make sure that these people, like, hopefully, he'll be able to have his golf tournament before the end of the year. But he said, even if he doesn't have the tournament, like, he's still gonna send out like the booklets and the shirts and all that good stuff. So yeah. So how are y'all feeling? How you been? I'm bitchy. Yes, you are. I'm super bitchy right now. I am. I'm hormonal. Oh, you did say that on one of your text messages. Yeah, I'm hilarious. Like, I'm super just get the fuck out of my face right now. Oh. I didn't like talking to her last week. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't feel comfortable telling her that until today. I could tell from your facial expressions. I know you. I know, oh, okay. but I was like, I just need you to listen. I need somebody to vent to. I, I need it right sometimes now. Sometimes you just need that. And sometimes yeah. you just got to be there to be like, okay. Right. Like, you ain't even have to be paying attention. It just, you could have just been like, mm-hmm, girl. Yeah. Oh, well, now I know to do that for next time. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> people clearly need outlets, man. Y'all saw what happened with Jazz Fly? Yeah, I, I didn't know her before. Y'all actually watched the shows that she, you know, work on. Yeah, and then actually because um a lot of the storylines on the show actually came from her real life. So she was adopted. So if yeah. you watch mm-hmm. This Is Us, I think that the character Deja, I think Deja's storyline follows like her real life. But yeah, I I hate to hear that she committed suicide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. even she 
And some people, I guess, were sharing some of the posts that she put on Twitter, like, earlier, I guess, during the quarantine. And one of the comments was, you know, she was, like, she bakes so that she can deal with her anxiety, like, by herself. And I think for me, like, you know, you two are a little bit different. But I definitely am, like, the person who's, like, here, like, by myself, like, Mm -hmm. live alone. I definitely try to be very intentional with the things that I like put into my spirit. And for me, like I always talk about like self-care and protecting your peace. And that's, you know, and that's why, because you just never know like how things are going to affect you. And, you know, she's not that much older than us. Like she's she's in her age range. Yeah. Yeah, She's she's just a year older than me. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, she's young. She was and young. she was bomb. Like I didn't even realize. Like she was just so talented. Like she was a writer. She was a personal chef. What else? I think she actually got her start off in like the hip hop world. Like I don't know if she was a, a writer for a couple of um, publications, but really hate to hear that. So during these times, because everybody has it hard, and I think people forget about that because it's easy to get caught up in your own stuff because Mm -hmm. this is a really weird time that we're living in right now but check on your people like just send people a text message or a quick phone call of hey you were on my mind i just wanted to see how you were doing you know especially people like should feeling bitchy you just need to check on them yeah please please i think i need to go walk shit i've been doing that that's probably why i feel i do yeah. I need to go. I need to go. Well, well, right. well, Elle, you like to post that. I love it though. But listen, I'm Yay! talking for it. I'm a fan. So this was a, the conversation I had with uh, this lady that she's older than me, but our daughters are the same age. You know, I think she didn't understand why I got away. And I said, I was having a tough time. And I talked to you guys about that. Mm-hmm. You know, homeschooling, we're still, we're at the end. It's almost over. <laughs> yeah kudos to all the parents because it's I, almost I, over i don't yeah, know how y'all do it like no that's what i'm saying you homeschooling on top of i had a new job i have a new job mm-hmm. i'm literally building something super major and trying to learn another whole disease state and i still got to be on mom duty with some with a personality that is unmatched and it was a lot to be by yourself. And I know, you know, Elle, you're saying you're by yourself, but, you know, we have no family. In mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just to have to try to do that alone, I was supposed to have help, but that help wasn't coming through. So it was me, for me, it was a let me get away. Even though I am with family now, it's a little bit easier, but it hasn't ceased all the way. But we are at the end of the road with the homeschooling. And I know that will help out tremendously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, still keeping her engaged in schooling. So how am I doing? I can see the end of the tunnel from that aspect. I think what's happening, and I will get into that conversation around, you know, George Floyd and the rest of the victims of police brutality. I'm seeing some hope because I'm seeing some movement from a legislative standpoint. Mm-hmm. and some rules and some things just really shaking up and I'm loving it so from mm-hmm. that standpoint yeah, that part gives me hope so that's how I'm doing good how you doing you walking girl you finna girl yeah summertime I'm fine not gonna be the fine one when we go on these trips okay oh wait wait why you only said sugar gonna be the fine I'm not gonna be fine <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Did you nope, not see my out. pool? Did you <laughs> not see my pool picture the other day? Now you Did know, you... wait, KB. Now you know Suge is the only one out of the four of us, including the healer, who take 20,000 steps a day. Facts. That's the only, right, that's the only reason why I said that. Like, Suge not going to be the only one out here trying to be extra cute. So I mean, I'm trying to in my subtle way. I know you are. But listen, but you know, I it's like I had a conversation with a friend of mine. Like she she and I are both sort of like in this space where we are at the heaviest where we've ever been. And, you know, the bad thing for her is that she's injured. She has an injury. So she can't Mm. move as much as she wants to. Mm -hmm. I was like, for me, like you might hear a lot of people, you know, who are plus size, overweight, whatever, say that they are uncomfortable. My ass is comfortable. Like I have gotten comfortable (laughs) being where I am. But wait a second. Let me explain. But I think it's in a good way. But I, right. Like I've gotten comfortable. Like, oh, like if I, you know. She, like she, she, body acceptance. Okay. Right. Like I, right. Like I'm comfortable (laughs) where I am. However... I shouldn't be like, I need to really start to change and make them and start developing better habits. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, so last week I went out five days a week. I walked, I met my stand goal, my exercise goal. What's the other goal KB on the Apple watch, the calorie goal. So I met all three of those. Last week. So you was closing this, some rings. I saw you closing some rings. I did. I did. I, that's what I'm saying. I closed all three rings five days last week. That's Thank amazing. You. Thank you. I'm just going to um, tell you because I know how hard it is to get there. Yes. <laughs> so I did that. And because in addition to the walking, I also added the Pilates bar like when I got home. So I did Pilates for like 15, 20 minutes and that's been helpful too. And then I decided this week, I was like, I'm going to do two a days. Cause again, I only work, you know, like six, seven hours a day. And now the good thing is, is that it's summertime. So it doesn't really get dark. Should point this out to me. It really doesn't get dark till like eight, eight thirty. So mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, if I eat dinner, if I eat a late lunch, I can still walk at least for like an additional 30, 45 minutes. So in the, in the evening, so get my walk in the morning with mm-hmm. our 23 and then go out by myself for an extra little 30, 45 minutes. I was like, I'm going to be good to go. Yeah, and you've been dropping weight consistently. So now I'm at the point of where I think my weight has plateaued. Like I'm no longer losing weight, but I'm losing like body fat. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's a game, but it's hard to train your mind to be like, you're still moving in the right direction because you're so focused on, I want the scale to go down, but. Right. You That's fine. not like BMI. Walking life away. You fine. <laughs> <laughs> you a mess. But I also think that's why like checking your BMI and your mm-hmm. measurements is important. You yeah. know, like when you like if your arms are smaller, if your leg, if you know, if your thighs are a little smaller, if your waist is a little cinched, then you you know, you're still going in the right direction. True. Like it's funny because a friend of mine that went to fam with us, like shared a picture with me when we were in undergrad. And I always thought that I had flabby arms that that just happened. Like, no, nigga, you always have flabby arms. Like, that's not new. So No, but wait. <laughs> Listen, you know how when you younger and you think you fat? Girl. And it's like, girl, you look back on that. and be I knew then what I knew now. <laughs> I would kill I would me kill. the fact I was Thank when you. I graduated from fam. 
Exactly. You hear me? I was like, oh, I'm 120 pounds. And okay. <laughs> right. I was like 170 when I graduated. Do you know how it would kill to be back to 170? Kill. Right. Yeah. As we're reminiscing. As we're reminiscing. (laughs) Right. What's some things, I guess I want to kick this off. What are some things or some changes that you guys have seen since the killing, the brutal killing of George Floyd that has been, I want to say a positive. Like what, what have you seen that ignites you and gets you motivated just like we are about you know simple things like our weight like what has kind of been something that you can think about that Um, has moved you so I'll say first of all I'm happy that white people and other people are more willing to have the conversation like now you guys see what we've been talking about because we've been screaming about this for the past 400 years and it's always been like oh, it's all in your mind or you just need to get over it. And it's like, no, like it's really in your face now. It needs to be addressed. You can no longer turn away. Like, so I keep thinking about Gil Scott Heron, the revolution will not be televised. And it it absolutely is. It is. The revolution is being televised because now you are watching it live and in living color. Like you can turn on your cell phone and you you see it in living color, really, <laughs> <laughs> right? So I mean, but then I mean, it, it's a catch twenty two because yeah, you can see it, but then at the same time, it's very traumatizing. Like you need to take a break from seeing all of the the videos and the pictures and all that because it can be overwhelming. Why don't people get that, girl? I don't well, no, know. I just no, just good. a question. Why don't people get that? Like. Listen, this is what I said. Um, I don't know when I said this to someone, but I was like, I don't need to keep seeing these videos. Right. Exactly. I know what the video going to turn out to be. Right. And but I'm like, I need to see it. The other. It it brings awareness. But then at the same time, too. What do we need to be aware of? We know it's We don't need to be aware. Everybody else needs to. So it's like, you need to see this. This isn't for us. We've been seeing this. You need to see it now. And white people, other people, Latinos, Asians, you need to take a stand against I'm glad it. you added the other people of color. Yes. Mm-hmm. You you need to take a stand against this. You need to be mad about this. It can't just be us willing right. to stand up and, and make a change. It takes all of us in Absolutely. order to bring about change. One point on, you know, you saying that, you know, now people are wanting to have a conversation. We're definitely seeing that in the workplace, right? Mm-hmm. My only problem with it, what's happening in the workplace is at the same time is that we're being asked to teach. Yes. I don't know if you guys are being asked to teach. Now, I'm not yes. personally being asked to teach because I'm not teaching anyone. And mm-hmm. I think I come off as that way. No. However, I'm joining these calls mm-hmm. that are calls for people of color and, and black people from different groups within the company. And they're like, well, how do we educate them on this point? How do we... That's not my job. Right. That's not my job. Diversity diversity and inclusion person. We have a diversity and inclusion person who has only made one statement and that was written on LinkedIn. Mm. Yeah. So guess what? That needs to be the response. That's what they're supposed to be doing. That's what they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be rolling out. They're supposed to be getting the experts in to try to teach, really teach, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's been my only problem is that now you're asking me to teach something that I don't need to teach. Right. That's not my role because right. we've been living this since we've been in the work, the workforce. Right. Sure. So that's not my job. 
Right. That's it. That's all I'm gonna say to that. But yes, I agree with you, Suge. I'm seeing those conversations being had. I know even on our our whole team calls, they're starting this new thing where you tell an experience at the beginning of the call. I guess it's like a racial experience or something you experienced in the past as racial. Mm-hmm. I, it's all two of us, and so. I'm not sure. I've been, I haven't been asked and they haven't been asked. So these are other people of color that are doing their experiences, which is nice. But let's not forget what group is really affected. That's it. True. Right. Yeah. So I will say for us, like the the school district has done a lot. And it it actually makes me wonder if other school districts are being as what's the word I'm looking for? Proactive, Mm -hmm. maybe? Because we have had like two weeks of professional development because our school year ended early. So the district has done a lot with virtual learning and providing spaces and resources for employees. Mm -hmm. And my school has talked about, and I, to answer your question, KB, I have been asked <laughs> to teach certain things or provide certain resources. And honestly, it's just for the simple fact that I teach African-American history. That's what I think it is, to be perfectly honest with you. Absolutely. And, right. Yeah. And so I have... Well, that, that sounds a little bit more reasonable to me. I mean... Right, exactly. But the thing is, is that I know I'm not an expert Like I still have things that I can learn, but I definitely, you know, provided the resources that I do have and the knowledge that I have learned so far. And it's interesting because when I was in graduate school, I actually wrote a paper about racism in the classroom in the sense that, you know, there is the case study that was used. There was a boy whose parents were immigrants from, I want to say Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. And the student, he was like seven or eight years old. He brought his lunch to school every day, but he was also very quiet, very reserved. And the students would make comments, you know, about he has an odor or his food smells. And the teacher would sort of, you know, treat him differently because he wasn't a very vocal student. You know, come to find out his mother made his meal every day because his father was a cab driver. They couldn't afford to per- for him to buy lunch. And then also in his neighborhood, there were gunshots and things, you know, that happened every night. So that's what he had to deal with growing up. And then the article talked a lot about how the teacher had to really think about who this child was as an individual and realize that he's not having the same experiences as his classmates. And she had to be very sensitive to that. And I think that article was just a perfect example of what KB was talking about earlier. We never know what the other, what the person next to us is going through. Absolutely. And I think that with everything that is going on, it has made people be empathetic or to learn to empathize with other people where I don't think we were doing that before. And then also, I think, you know, if we were not in a pandemic, if we were not at home, would the death of George Floyd have the same effect on America and the world, not, not even America, but on the world? Is Absolutely it not. It's no, not. no. A lot of this is taking place because we are forced to be in a situation of where you are sitting down and you have more time to think about what's going on. So that's why when the world opens up, whenever that is, 
we cannot go back to business as usual. Business as usual was not working. So now that we are kind of on pause, you know, other people can see like, oh my God, this is so horrible because normally what happens is, is it's just another headline. Like you don't really think about these are people like we know these are people, but people who are not black and this is not directly affecting, it's really just a hashtag to them. Like, oh my God, that is so sad. And then we're moving on to the next thing. And now it's like, no, it's in your face. You watch the police officer standing on this guy's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Like you cannot deny that. You can't turn a blind eye to that. So that makes me think. Y'all saw that? Y'all saw that meme in social media? I'm sorry, shit. Y'all saw that meme in social media where it, and it makes me, when you're saying that shit, it made me hit it. That maybe everything that happened was supposed to happen this way. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I shared it. Happened. You was the one. Okay, I was like, I got that somewhere. But I guess that I'm coming back to that as Suge is talking, right? It's coming back to my head because I always feel like God doesn't really make, he doesn't make no mistakes. At all. And even like how stuff move. I mean, we couldn't go to Barbados. I mean, yeah, I'm sad about that still. But like you said, Suge, it's some good that's coming out of this. And mm-hmm. I want to kind of maybe share some of the things I've seen from a police reform standpoint that I'm super excited about. Mm-hmm. So you, you guys know, and I know you guys have seen some places have been banning the chokeholds, which mm-hmm. is so yeah, long. It over. needs to, yeah. It's so long overdue. So now if you do that, that is illegal, right? Yeah. So I think that's one thing. Some other folks in other places, including my city of Tampa, you know, have gone to, you know, create this police reform and racial justice working group. Now, I'm not sure how efficacious that will really be in the end, but at least it's a step. I, I Sometimes I want more of the laws to happen than working yeah. groups. I mean, we need the working groups to review, but I want more of the laws I'll also say that, um, I'm not sure if you guys saw, but San Francisco mayor banned neck restraints. Mm -hmm. So again, let's start banning some of these things that we know are really ridiculous. I think one of the other things that we've seen, of course, the uh, killer of George Floyd, his charges Mm -hmm. were upgraded from a third degree murder to a second degree murder. The other three Mm -hmm. cops were arrested. The other nice thing I think happened was with Breonna Taylor's case being reopened. I mean, I didn't realize the thing had closed. Like I did, I guess I just didn't think about it. But that's something that's definitely positive. One of the other things I definitely want to talk about is the call for reduced funding within the police department. Absolutely. And it's been crazy how the outrage about this because people, for one, don't understand what defunding means. And I think enough videos now are going around to really explain what that looks like. I literally had a conversation with my own blood about this where he was adamant that that's you need police in the school systems and so forth. I said, no, they need programs. They need programs. So these kids is coming from other, you know, all walks of life. And yes, he's like, you know, their parents need to raise them at home. I agree with you completely, but guess what? That's not always happening. And it's, it's not happening for several reasons. You know, Mm -hmm. I used to be one of these people, they don't need to come to school and, you know, raise them in the school system. I said that at one point, but since I've grown and learned that that's not always an easy thing to say. Right. And I think even, I, I'm not sure if you guys saw that Ken Bur- um, Burns special on the Meadows Project in Atlanta. Mm-mm. I think if you think about all the other things, the systemic things that are happening to Black people, why 
some of them come to school like they are. So yes, yeah. we shouldn't have to raise kids in the school. But guess what? That's not the reality. And right. guess what? When they come in there with those problems, they affect the other kids that are trying to learn. So we have to deal with them. We can't right. excuse it. When we talk about the pipeline from the school to the prison, having yes. police officers in the school is a direct reflection of that. Mm-hmm. Stop playing with me. So what I would say is I was so happy to see places like Minneapolis, Denver, Oregon, Seattle, to really, you know, start cutting their links with the police departments, especially if they got a history of doing things like what they did to George Floyd. Mm -hmm. Why do you have a relationship with a group like that? So let's start putting some of this this funding in social. And I don't think the teachers should have to deal with this. I, I, you know, listen, I'm with you, Elle. I don't think it's your responsibility either. But let's get the social supports in the school system Let's get the the playgrounds in the after school programs. Let's start doing trade schools and tech schools so that people can go to school. Let's start really building this system up to be equal across the board. Right. Right. Because no, it's not the teacher's responsibility to raise your child. I completely agree with this. Mm-hmm. And I think social workers and other caseworkers that are trained to deal with things like this. So defunding right. the police moves so much, but I'm just so glad that now we're starting to real make tangible moves to make this happen. Right. Well, I mean, I think it's a multi-layer problem. Like, you know, you attack For sure. one thing and that's great, but you know, there there's so many layers to this. And this is like 400 years old problem. So like the things that you're talking about is, you know, basically how they destroyed the black family. Like, let's just call it what it is. It was very intentional. um, And we're still feeling the effects of that. So, you know, like also living in Baltimore City, there are a lot of things that I see where I think the kids around here, like one, Baltimore City needs to be ashamed of themselves for their public school system. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. But that's a whole nother topic. But but you know, really if think- you watch that Meadows project, you see how that happens. Because if they put the projects in certain areas where they're not getting as much taxes from taxpayers, right? Yeah, they not absolutely. The schools like it's just like this. Like you it's say, very, it's very strategic. Yes, they yeah, they, they absolutely know what they're doing. Black family, you made it so that we couldn't even get homes in certain areas because you wouldn't mm-hmm. approve our loans. Right. We had to go into certain areas. And so our schools are not as good. Yeah. Like, it's just so much. Start right. playing. I'm sorry. I get mad about this. Go no, <laughs> you're fine. But I feel like a lot of the kids who act up in school is because these kids are justifiably mad and they have a lot of anger and there's nowhere for them to display this anger other than to act out in school. So like when everything started shutting down, my first thought was, the schools are closing. What about these kids where going to school, that's the only way they're going to get to eat. So what what do you do with that? You know what I'm saying? Like mom's at work, dad is off wherever. Like what what do you do? Did Baltimore City do anything with their schools? Um, yeah, so they they've done a lot. So they when it comes were, to food, I guess. Yeah. So they were still able to like provide meals and things for the kids that, you know, still needed something to to eat. So and then there have been like tons of food drives and, and things of that nature, but still that's a real problem. Mm-hmm. So it can't yeah. just be like, oh, everybody's sick, we're closing everything down. Like we need real solutions here. Right. Well, one thing I can say in regards to that, at least, you know, in the city is that 
they allowed certain schools, like even when DC closed schools. So they allowed um, certain schools to stay open so that students and parents could come pick up food. Like they had schools open in all eight wards. So kudos, you know, to DC for doing that. And going back to answer Katie's question, I think something positive that I have seen, honestly, is probably the same thing that Shug mentioned earlier, is people are finally seeing the light. And I think we mentioned this on the last show, you know, that people, like, clearly we don't need white people to be the savior. That's not it. Right. But I think that, you know, they're seeing what we, what we know has been going on all along. And it's, you know, Black people make up, we, we're still a minority in this country. 13% of the population. Yeah. Like, we we don't make up a majority of this country at all. Mm-mm. And in order for change to happen, it goes back to what KB said, we need to change a lot of these laws and start implementing them. We need to start seeing real change. And it starts, you know, it starts in our local governments with who we elect. It starts with our federal government, you know, who we elect there as well. And that we really need to to pay attention to these people that are running for office. This is is a huge election year. Mm -hmm. This might even be bigger than 2008. Um, Yeah, honestly, I think this election cycle is like the cycle for the next hundred years. Like, I Mm -hmm. think this is really going to... Really. They're gonna pull. They're gonna pull out any stop they can. Like we have to be prepared. That can't discourage us. Like yeah. I heard someone say, "Let's get ready to vote these DAs, these mayors. You know, the president. Like all of these offices. It's not just the presidency. We keep talking right. about Trump. And I'm, I'm with everybody. Yes, we got to get them out of there. You know, Joe Biden talking crazy, talking about he don't think we need to defund the police. I think they. You know, again, once we stop getting these lobbyists so involved and they got to, you know, cater to some of these lobbyists because they're putting money into their pockets. The people are speaking. So if the people don't give a shit about the damn, you know, what's happening and they're going to vote you in, Joe Biden, get up on the damn bandwagon, get on the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. But again, I think, like you say, this is a major election. We have the opportunity. To I feel like voting so is the tip of the iceberg. But again, it's systematic, like that foolishness that happened in Georgia, where yeah, depending on where you were in the city, it could take you anywhere from 10 minutes to eight hours to cast your vote. Because, you know, if you notice majority of the places that were having issues were in black neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is not a mistake. That was very intentional. And it's like, well, that's what I said. That's the fuckery. That's the fuckery we got to get ready for. That's the thing that we have to, that's the thing that we've been fighting. Like, this isn't the first time that this happened. This isn't the second time. How many black people stand in line for Jordans? I don't know if this is a good comparison, but here's what I'm going to say. Cause I ain't going to stand in line for Jordans, but I know a lot of people will. We do what we want to do. Right. If they try to block you, you think our people back in the 60s and the you 50s asked for a provisional ballot. Exactly. You they give or, you a ballot. Or even, before, or even before that, when we, for the D.C. primaries, I actually requested an absentee ballot. Mm-hmm. So that's... An Absentees are good. You know that? I think well. you need to ask for a mail-in, a mail-in ballot. Well, that's because, what I meant. A mail, oh, right. okay. Yeah. Yes. Y'all so stay away from the absentee ballots. Well, Just, you can ask for an absentee ballot even if you, like, are, you know, here. 
but it just has to be postmarked and accepted before right. or sent to the deadline. The deadline but don't the they, they don't count absentees unless the race is close, correct? Right. And it, it also depends. So that is true, but also it depends on where you live. Okay. Because I've always been taught that they don't count them until they're... So this past, um, elect our local primary elections that we just had, mm-hmm. and I think people are still having them in certain places. Mm-hmm. I did a mail-in ballot. And that was my first time doing that. Yeah, I, I knew kind of to stay away from the absentee. I didn't know how that... I'm like, wait, I've heard this. So, you know, I know one polling place, um, you know, like you guys were saying, Shug and in L about them cutting down. I think they've closed, the Republicans have closed so many polling stations. I'm going to call mm-hmm. them the Republicans. And in one place, it was some thousands of people that are supposed to vote at one location. You know, that's absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So guess what? Again, when they come with the fuckery, be prepared, be prepared. Right. Like you guys are saying, let's start asking for mail-in ballots. So we're going to count these up this way. Mm-hmm. Since you want to try to hold me up, this is what we need to do. And guess what? Everybody that's sitting up there in those, in those local election offices doing that, when their time comes up and they are voted in or whoever is supporting them and putting them in those positions, you take them out. See, we got yeah. to get smart. And I think what is happening is that we're seeing that, though. People, hey, people backtracking at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. People, ba- Ooh, people backtracking. Foolishness. I still ain't been there. Oh, that was some foolishness. Wasn't but it? I'm saying what what we're seeing though, y'all, is people are backtracking. Like they starting to see people mm-hmm. are not playing with them. And like y'all mm-hmm. were saying, these white people don't got on board. We are 13% of the population. Mm-hmm. But some of these white people don't got on board. And now y'all changing y'all tunes. I don't well, need another letter or statement from my company saying what they right. Do. I don't. I don't, do. I don't care about that. Like, what are we doing? That's what I want to know. What are we? What are we? What doing? are we doing? Put but, your money where your mouth is. My my company is putting money towards this. Thankfully. But the thing is, I don't want to see not another letter. And like somebody said, oh, those little pictures on your websites, companies, those are nice. But what are you actually doing? Mm-hmm. Right. Like besides making a, a comment about Black Lives Matter. But here's we the thing. We want to start seeing action. So now that we have everybody's attention, and I will say this is one thing that bothers me about the Black community, is that we'll be hot about something for a second. And then we're so quick to forget and move on to the next thing. So it's like, we have to keep this movement alive. Like the Montgomery bus boycott lasted over a year. So we have to keep that same energy. Honestly, I feel like- This is actually going longer than I thought it was going to go. Yeah, I feel, that's what I'm saying. I feel like this is different. I definitely feel like the tides are- are turning. And then if I can go back to what KB said about the meme that I posted, I'm going to read it for everybody. What if 2020 isn't canceled? What if 2020 is the year we've been waiting for? A year so uncomfortable, so painful, so scary, so raw, that it finally forces us to grow. A year that screams so loud, finally awakening us from our ignorant slumber. A year we finally accept the need for change. Declare change, work for change, become the change. A year we finally band together instead of pushing each other further apart. 2020 isn't canceled, but rather the most important year of them all. And this mm. was written by Leslie Dwight. That's so true. And that's I mean, real. At this point, the voice boycott, we have to keep in mind how long that took. Mm-hmm. So we can't get discouraged. We can't put our foot up. We got to know this may be the year and it may be the entire year. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen. Until Listen, we start seeing. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, Cause I was going to say it didn't take 
you know, the oppression of black people, that didn't just happen overnight. That took time, mm-hmm. which means it's going to take time to dismantle it. And, to bring and it was calculated. Down. And we got to be just as calculated. Mm-hmm. I think that's another Absolutely. point. We have to be just as calculated. When they put this into play, they were calculated in doing that from the mm-hmm. way they wrote certain laws and the way they mm-hmm. wrote certain things that didn't necessarily call us out. Yep. But they did it in such a way. We have to be just as calculated with our yeah. movements. Yeah. So it's it's funny. I'm going to use this as an example. So one of my really good friends, we have been friends since the sixth grade, and she's a white girl from South Carolina. And she and I were talking. We actually FaceTimed each other for like three hours last Friday. And I was telling her about a few things that she should watch. And one of the movies I told her or documentaries I told her she should watch is 13th. And of course, we talked about the 13th Amendment. And I told her that the 13th Amendment says that, you know, it, you know, made slavery illegal, except if you have been convicted of a crime. And she was like, it says that? I was like, yeah, yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. I was like, and do you know what a lot of these states did, especially these southern states? They made loitering and vacancy, and vacancy a crime so that when somebody was arrested mm-hmm. and put on trial in front of a jury of his peers... They found him guilty and he had to go to jail. Like yeah. everything is by design. It's yeah. no accident. Yeah. I'm seeing an entertainment move. So I know that, you know, I saw HBO took off going with the wind. I thought the funniest thing was that NASCAR driver that said he wouldn't ride no more. And and he had career losses. He won. Lost yeah. 32 times. Listen, Who are yeah. you? And NASCAR yeah. was like, deuces, I'm out. <laughs> I, I you saw that? I was like, right. we had to look, we had to Google you. Right. We had to Google you. Who are you? But I think one of the most piss poor reactions was the NFL once again. Like <sighs> you know, no, y'all, y'all, still. they still watching it. Cause he, but the thing is, Roger Goodell still ain't said Colin Kaepernick's name, and he's not going to. No, he's, he's not going to. He's so that's what punk. I'm saying. This little halfway, we were wrong and not listening was a half ass. Y'all literally ousted this man because he was doing just that, peacefully protesting. Mm-hmm. And so that I reject. That I reject. That's it. Absolutely. I agree with you a thousand percent. Roger Goodell can sit on and then rotate. He can eat a dick. How about that? Did y'all see, you know, we got Juneteenth coming up this week. I mean, I bought a shirt. I'm having people over. I'm socially. But was your shirt by a black company? Because, you know, these. Of course it was. I went to pick it up from them yesterday. It's a black woman. You didn't tell me about it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll send you the link. Can you pick mine up and then priority it to us? Is that a thing? That's not a thing. Okay. So did you? <laughs> like I ordered it online and instead of having her ship it to me, I went to go pick it up because she's in Maryland. Juneteenth being a paid holiday, Twitter, Nike, Vox Media, and a few more have made Juneteenth a holiday. So again, I'm starting to see some, we're trying to make this right. And it's not perfect. Like, let me just be real clear. Like, it's not perfect because I'm still seeing shucking and jiving by our people in front of the police officers. We dancing and, and cahooting everywhere. Can y'all please stop that? Like, can y'all please? This is a serious I mean, matter. It needs to be stop a national holiday, though. It, it doesn't need to be a national holiday. It needs to I be mean, a national listen, holiday. I mean, we just got MLK a holiday this year. 
This was the first I still I don't get that, that day company. off. Oh, I do. I think you will after this, don't you think? It would no? be nice, but we I don't get that day off. Well, they I need do. to start doing it. And then I think one of the other things I saw was Walmart stopped selling guns. And they needed to. They've been yeah. needed to stop yeah, that. And supposedly they're going to stop locking up black hair care products. So I know, yeah, thank I didn't God know they did that. this. In the Walmart, I go... Oh, I'm sorry. I said thank God for that. Yeah, I didn't know they did that. So Yes, I, ma'am. Mm-hmm, I've seen it. And, well, typically, I don't really shop in Walmart, but I did yeah, go to nose. one in Right. Yeah. I did go to one in DC and I saw the products that were locked up. And I was like, seriously? Like mm-hmm. is this this is a thing? It's a real thing. It's a very real thing. Yeah. 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 Oh, and then I, I knew I you all saw Kenesha Grant, Dr. Grant talking about that on MSNBC this past weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's all over the place, man. Y'all check out past episodes we've had her on. <laughs> so yeah, she was on our election cycle episode. So you know, definitely check that out. But you know, very dope to have her on, man. You see these people getting upset by these Confederate flags. I know we were talking about the flags with NASCAR, but even the statues taking those down. You know, some of the military wanting to rename some of the forts. And the 45 being against this. And I love what everybody is saying. Y'all keep wanting to acknowledge losers. Like, exactly. I never you know what you think that. about it. It's kind of stupid. It is. It is. You, it is. you lost. Why are why is this still a thing? You but also because they kind of won in the end, because they still were able to get exactly. us like the the North was still able to make a little thing with them and get us still at the lower back behind them. So they, they kind of won, even though they lost. They still got what they wanted, in a they way. Did. In a way. They but nobody did. talks about that. You guys, I'm reading this book, and I highly recommend it. I'll, I'll pass it to you guys. It's called The Black Calhouns. I think it's an excellent depiction of, it's one family, and they're based out of Atlanta, Georgia. But they follow them. This is actually Lena Horne's line. And they hmm. talk about that. And I didn't really understand it about mm-hmm. they go from that, you know, just slavery and they, they walk us through the Civil War. But that was one of those points was like, yeah, they made a deal with them in the end. And so even though they did, they, the, you know, the Confederate lost, they still kind of got what they wanted out of us because we still were, you know, put to the systemic things that they were able to do to us afterwards. So it, it's kind of crazy. But then. Like they still are losers. At the end of the day, if you look at the record, they are losers. So I, I think that's why they still be excited about certain things because they still was able to do what they wanted to do with us in a way. I don't know. Anyway, so I just think I, it's funny to watch these statues go in the river. Right. But can I also go back to what you were saying, KB, about elections? So when you think about the election of 1876, that's super important when it comes to how black people are treated in this country. So 1876, 77, depending on what you read, was the end of Reconstruction. And we all know what Reconstruction, well, hopefully we all know what Reconstruction was. If not, go look it up. But essentially the election of 1876 was the end of Reconstruction because Rutherford Hayes, who was elected, like basically it was a tie between him and Samuel Tilden. And the... Congress decided that if Rutherford Hayes was going to be president, then he agreed to allow the South to basically remove all the National Guard, remove all of the provisions that were made to put Black people on equal footing. 
So for all of you that have some time, just go look up the election of 1876, especially if you think once again that this country was for the betterment of black people. No, it couldn't be. Not if we were three fifths of a human being. Well, not at the end of Reconstruction. But y'all love how white people like to say like, this is their country. It really is still not it's your It's not. They stole it. They sure I don't understand. <laughs> Why do they keep saying that? I want to bring a white person on and I need to understand this. Like, well, well, well not all white people believe that though, KB. Not all white people no, I know. No, we, but I'm she's saying, talking about a certain type do. of white person. Like yeah. very make America yeah, great. I'm, I'm talking the one that do. Yes. Yeah. So did y'all see, I haven't watched it yet, but did you all, a lot of people were talking about the Dave Chappelle special. I got through half of it. I need to finish it. Like I started it while I was walking and then something happened. So when I go walk later, I'll probably finish it. But it was very sobering. Like it was very powerful. I can't, I don't think I'm ready for that yet. No, no, no. That one one won't do that. It's very um, powerful. That one won't, yeah. Nah, you ain't got to worry about that because you know I block all of that. But this one, to me, it was just great because he has been on the forefront. And I think one of the most impactful things I think he said was that the, the streets are speaking for themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, that was like the greatest line. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. the you talk about them, boy, you know, they wear tight-ass pants, like... You know, like the girls and boys got on skinny jeans. Like, it's weird to me. I'm never going to co-sign that behavior. But what I will say is that they are speaking for themselves. And it's the most beautiful thing. And it's like, we don't need you as, you know, a famous person to speak on our behalf because we can speak for ourselves. And I think that's what we all know. That's what social media has allowed. That's Mm -hmm. what a lot of these platforms have allowed where there was a time where you could only hear the stars say something and you needed the stars to say something. These people is out here doing the work. And I think that was one of the the key things that I felt like Dave Chappelle said in that, that moment. I think he put a visual to that eight minutes and 46 seconds, you know, him being born at 846 in the morning mm-hmm. and how that was connected for him. And, you know, I just thought that so many parts of that were so important I mean, listen, his roast of Candace Owens was hilarious. She took it on the chin. I heard her response of laughing at him and saying, you know, he's one of her favorites. You know, I think what she's doing is detrimental to the Black community, you know. But again, I'm still wondering how some of these people are walking around. But, you know, again, I think what he did was what needed to be done. I think he added, for sure, he kept the power in the people's hands. And I think that was important. So, Y'all check it out. Okay. I mean, I know we're going to continue these conversations and bring some more impactful people. We got such good feedback about our last guest to hear being on. And you guys saw him. He was featured on the Black Network channel following, you know, our podcast episode. So, you know, that was amazing to have, you know, been on this platform and then, you know, going to another platform. So, you know, I think we want to keep this going. We are still on break. Like, you know, Elle said, we still on break. But this is important. And so if we can bring you guys some important information and some conversations that need to be had and that are impactful, then that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Very true, KB. I think that sums it up. Like that side is just. That's it. Yeah, that's that's all I got to say. Because I mean, it's, it's just too much 
going on. And I'm happy that we are having the conversation. But then again, also, KB, it gets to be a lot. And it's a fine line that we have to walk. But I think it's interesting because Black people have always had to walk a fine line in this country because it's mm-hmm. like, boom, you have you have white people and, you know, others who are genuinely, like, they genuinely don't get it because that's not their reality. But also at the same time, it's not my responsibility to teach you about this. I need you to start doing some of the work in reading up on, like, the Tulsa race riots. Speaking of which, that mofo is going to have his rally in Tulsa, he started to have it on June 19th, but there was such an outcry that people were like, no, you know, that's the street spoke. The street spoke. Yeah. So he he ended up moving the date. And I was chuckling earlier because it turns out that his campaign manager was saying that 800,000 people registered, but uh, the place only holds 19,000. Little do they know that a lot of Black people signed up for these tickets so sure that the, the rally would be empty when he spoke so hopefully Mm -hmm. it will be an empty crowd when he walks out there in Tulsa so fuck you very much it was his birthday the other day and it was Barack Obama's it it was Barack Obama appreciation day so everybody flooded the timelines of Instagram and Facebook with pictures of Barack Obama in celebration of we just we miss you President Obama and we don't even acknowledge that other fool that's Listen, in the I White think, House. Right. I have seen a t-shirt that says the only Donald we acknowledge is Glover. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, gosh, as gosh. always, this okay. has been a great conversation with you ladies. I am, I don't know, I'm very hopeful, but I also think I'm probably the optimistic one out of this group. You are. Uh, <laughs> are the most optimistic. <laughs> you are. So I, I started off saying I got a little hope. Nah, I did. You, did. you did. And I think, you know, I think it's it's really what we all have been saying. Like, we have to keep this going. Mm-hmm. Like, systemic racism against Black people wasn't built in a day. And it's going to take a hell of a lot longer than a day to tear all this shit down. And it won't be in our lifetimes. But it will, hopefully, this will be the spark. Like, hopefully, we will get to witness the spark of mm-hmm. real change. Absolutely. So, We're definitely seeing it. We're absolutely. seeing it. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. But I think it's... But this is only the start. So don't get comfortable, y'all. Don't yeah, get comfortable. Be uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. Keep working. Keep going. So thanks for joining us. Talk to y'all next time. Don't forget to listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Google Play. Connect with us on social media at Fimbron Files on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Fem Noir Files. Bye!